Thank you. Thank you. You're so kind. Man, I, I told my, while you turn into the book of Luke, you may have it up there. I believe it's the book of Luke, chapter 10, verses 17 through 20. I, I told my wife, I said, honey, and, and I told my son this also. I said, Paul, I told him, if I ever get up there and uh, I start getting off of key and sounding, you know, off key, would you please tell me? Paul said, don't worry, Dad, I'll tell you because you're not going to embarrass me. I said, well, gee, thanks, you know. But the Lord's good, didn't he? Amen. I, I love to sing. I love to minister. Last week we talked about we talked about Satan. We talked about Lucifer and whatever you wanted to call him. How that he was uh, cast down out of heaven to somewhere, maybe on this earth, or wherever he went to dwell. And we we also spoke that he is can only be in one place at one time. He is not omnipresent. He is not omnipotent, that he knows everything. He, he does not know that. That when he fell from heaven and rebelled, that he pulled down a third of the angels with him. We, there's seven billion plus people on earth, so we don't know how many billion or million or billion demons that came with him because that's what those fallen angels became. So we, we know about that. There's a couple other things before I get into this tonight that I want to take a moment. I think it's important that you understand. <clears throat> We're living in a day when you see a lot of things on television that are not of God. You, you see mediums that say they can talk to the dead. I want you to know there's no one can talk to the dead except Jesus. Man, that one's very you can talk to them, but they're not going to answer you. Let's put it that way. Okay? I can explain. I'm not going to go into depth tonight, but I, I believe that I can explain what they are doing. It doesn't surprise me. It's in the Old Testament. If you look in the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, chapter 20, in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 18, you'll find out what they call familiar spirits. Now, familiar, you, you can call them a ghost, you can call them a familiar in your spirit, and we've all been places we know that there were spirits that were there. And they're familiar spirits. They are not, they are not people. They are not talking to an individual. They're talking to someone. When they say that's your mother talking, it possibly that spirit knows that mother or that dad or that brother, and they said they've crossed over, Okay. And the reason for that is because that's a familiar spirit. The Latin word for familiar spirit is household servant. You can look it up. The Latin word for familiar spirit is a household servant. So when you, you may have seen this before. Have you ever been to a place where you knew or you could almost swear you saw the rocking chair rocking back and forth? Never experienced anything similar to that? Absolutely. You say, what's causing that? That is a familiar spirit. That familiar spirit possessed somebody in that home that did not know God. Because if you're born again, you're not going to be possessed with a demon. You can't be. 
that that could be a spirit of someone that dwelled in that home. That's why you see all these unusual things about haunted houses and Ghostbusters, you know, the haunted house thing with the flashlights. I've, I've seen some of it on there. I don't watch it, but, I, you know, I know it's on there, and I've watched them for four or five minutes. I, I know what that is. I don't need that in my life. But that's a famil- those are familiar spirits. They're feeling something. They're real, but they're demonic, and you need to know that. The world does not realize, and many Christians do not realize, and many churches deny today that there's such a thing as a demonic spirit. But I want you to know there's demonic spirits that will absolutely torment the daylights out of you. Maybe I'm the only one to come after. I don't know. But they'll torment you. They'll aggravate you. They use all types of things to do that. Now, I want to give any glory to the Lord. I want you to know that the Lord is the one that is superior over the devil. I want to read in the book of Luke, chapter 10, I believe, verse 17 through 20. If I read this small print. And the 70, now look at this, the 70. This is not the 12 apostles. Okay? The 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, Even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, If I beheld Satan as lightning fell from heaven, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you. So if they're subject unto them, they're subject unto us. But rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Amen. So I don't get excited because of demons and devils. I get excited because my name's written in heaven. There's a new name written down in glory and it's mine. Amen. But I don't want to go around pretending like There's not demonic spirits in this world because there's demonic spirits in the world today. I'm going to tell you about a few, and I want to make time to do this. These are experiences that I had personally. Now, one of them I think I shared here uh, maybe a couple years ago, and if you were around at that time, (coughs) you may remember be talking about one of them. But the first one I want to point out is one that's, it's real, it's genuine, but it's, it's sort of comical too. And that is, remember I told you that in the Bible, if you can show me, and, and possibly it's there. And I, I mean, there's been lots of things I didn't think was there that is there. And there's been a lot of things I thought was there that are not there. So, but Jesus never laid hands on anybody to cast the devil out. He just spoke to them. There was a young girl in the church, and she was sitting up on the, uh, close to the front, on the left-hand side of the church facing the, the pulpit. And I, I was back there praying for someone. This girl, she was probably about, I'm going to estimate, about five, four, five, six, something like she was short, and uh, she was kind of stout. 
were looking and seemed to be a very nice young lady there. And all of a sudden, as the Spirit of the Lord began to move, the, we, we could tell, you can tell when a demonic spirit gets stirred up. And all of a sudden, she began to change, and things began to change in her, in her mannerism and the way she was acting and so forth. Well, this one guy, he was about, I, I can't think of his name, Darren. Stand up, Darren, will you? Okay, take a look at him. I, I'm not going to ask him how much he weighs, but he's a pretty good-sized fellow. What would you say? How much? 315. Okay. I, I keep standing for just a minute, if you don't mind. There was a young man came in the church, and his name was Jim Thorne. He was about that size, maybe a little broader in the shoulders. And I, I can remember that when he got, the, got baptized with the Holy Ghost, and he said, I want to be baptized. And I took him up, and I put him in the water. I was younger, and, and I'm not very big. And he said to me, he, he looked at me, and he looked at that water, and uh, he said, uh, uh, Preacher, uh, how are you going to get me up? And I said to him, uh, don't worry about it, Jim. Uh, when you go down, you'll come up sooner or later. <laughs> so, uh, but anyhow, I brought him up out of that. Well, Jim became very involved, very spiritual. I mean, he's full of the Holy Ghost, you know, just power and pray and seek the Lord. I mean, he, he was a Roman Catholic. God converted him to, to Pentecostalism. And here he is. He's full on fire, you know, and going. And he can't, no, no, keep standing there. And so he comes up and. Uh, and he's standing behind me like that. And so uh, I'm looking at this girl, and she's acting up, and Jim's going to pray, uh, put his hands on her pray for her. I said, Jim, don't do that. And I said, he said, yeah, I feel like the Lord wants to be prayed for. I said, don't, don't put your hands on her. He said, no, I feel like I, I'm thinking, you're going to make a real mistake here. You know, he's young in the Lord anyhow. I, I'm trying to, he's bigger than me. He could, he could pick me up probably. Oh, you know, so get out of here, preacher. But he didn't. And I said, Jim, don't put your hands on her. Don't do that. And sure enough, what did he do? He reached out. He put his hands on her. When he put his hands on her, she took his hands, both of them, like this. And she took that 300-pound guy like you, and she flipped. Him over top of the pew. Now you sit down. Thank you, Dan. Man, is that true? By my wife Patricia, am I telling the truth? She was there. Absolute. And I looked at him and he's shocked. And I said, I told you not to lay your hands on her. Because she was possessed with the devil. She, I mean, there are people like that. But thank the Lord, we didn't have to lay hands. We just gathered around her and prayed for her and commanded them to come out. And the girl got saved and repented and got saved and got the Holy Ghost, got baptized, the whole works. You know, but we didn't have to lay hands on her. It's the power that we have in our word, not in our hands so much. Just speak to those devils and they'll come out. Amen. So... That's one comical situation. That is true. You need to be careful. Now, if you don't agree with me, it's okay. Because I know he agrees with me, I think. You better be careful about fooling around with Ouija boards. And you need to be careful about reading your horoscope. You say, oh, that's just harmless. That's what the enemy wants you to think. If the horoscope knows my future, you know, I don't depend on the horoscope. I depend on the one who knows my future and holds my future. 
Now, I'm not saying don't read your horoscope. If you want to read it, go on and laugh. You know? But don't get your life built around a horoscope telling you hope for day. That's not like opening up one of them little, what is it, Chinese cookies, you know? And every time you pick it out, it's always something good. It's never anything bad. It's always good. But be careful. What I'm saying is, be careful of all these little things that's trying to pull you in and open you up. Because those are familiar spirits that will take control of your life, will get into your home before you know it. And I'm not preaching about TV. I'm not your pastor. But you need to be careful about some of those shows that you want, movie shows, whatever they call them anymore. You know, you got to remember, I'm getting a little older, and, and, you know, I don't know if they call them shows, TV series, whatever they are, don't get pulled into that thinking that they can talk to dead people and see ghosts. Now, they may see ghosts, they may be talking to somebody, but I assure you that they're talking to demonic spirits or familiar spirits. All right? Now, you got that. Now, I'm going to tell you something that's happened to me. I took a trip. I used to take quite a few trips to Haiti to minister. Now, it's one thing to get in this pulpit and say, you know, bless God, you know, uh, I'm not afraid of that voodoo stuff, and I'm not worried about those voodoo drums, and, and you can preach all that stuff because you don't have to worry about it. You're not over there. Huh? But I'm going to tell you, I was there one night when the car broke down in the middle of nowhere, after the earthquake. And it is so black, because they don't have any electricity. There, there is no lights up in those mountains. You couldn't see your hand in front of your face. And you're sitting there in the middle of nowhere, broke down in a car with three or four people. And there you are. And all you can hear is drums beating in Haiti. Now, listen, when you hear those drums beating, it's a lot different than hearing them beating on television. When you're there in the middle and you hear them beating, that's one thing. Because you can feel that spirit and you can hear they beat all night long. And listen, it'll bring a fear. I don't know some preachers, they know. It'll bring the fear in, and you find out whether you've got God or not real quick. You, you find out whether you're afraid of them devils real quick, you know. You know, you don't run out and start doing all that stuff. Well, I was there, and what I want to get to is this. One day we went downtown, one of the towns, and uh, everything was just demolished over there. It's, it's probably the same way today. But <clears throat> I was there, and I was on the... Um, on the street. In fact, the good Lord will not sing this song Sunday morning unless they change it. You're not, let me sing after the night. <laughs> but anyhow, I, I felt like singing. And, you know, I'm, I, if I want to sing in, in public, I, I might burst out singing. That's just me. And my daughter law knows you. Know, I, I, I sing. I don't care. But I, I started singing. This is my story. This is my song. When I started singing that song, that street corner, I looked over, and you know, a spirit that's bad will draw you to it. You'll, you'll feel it. 
you, you can feel it. And, and I felt something, and I looked. I can remember to this day, I was standing this way, and, and I looked over this way, and I could see that woman looking at me, and I could feel the evil, and I could feel the demonic spirit that she had. Now, I told you you can't get possessed with them, but don't think they cannot attack you and oppress you. Before this was over, this trip was over, We didn't have the proper water to drink, the food to eat, and, and things were really bad. And so we had to drive into the Dominican Republic and then over into Haiti, and then, then to get back out, of course, we had to go through Haiti and to the Dominican Republic again. On the way there, I mean, I was wore out. And, and we all were. We were tired. We were wore out. We, we were exhausted. But the Lord, I don't have time to tell you the whole story, but, but the Lord just did several miracles for us. And uh, we got across the border. We couldn't find a hotel. There was nothing available because of the workers going to the uh, earthquake. And finally we found a, a little hotel. They said we have one room. Now there's five. I see one, two, three, four. There's five of us, okay? And so this is one room. There's a little bed here. There's a bed here. There's a little mattress here and a little mattress here on the floor. So one guy slept in that bed. Two guys slept in that bed. One guy slept on that mattress, and I slept on this mattress on the floor. I wasn't feeling real well. I laid down, and as I closed my eyes to go to sleep, all of a sudden, I begin to have visions of, uh, now they make movies like this, okay? All the, all the stumps and all the trees and all the forest turned into monsters and evil things, the most evil things you can imagine in, in this whatever I was seeing, and they were evil, and they were just awful. And I, I woke up, and I was so afraid. I said, God, I... Don't, don't let me dream something like that. I, that's awful. That, that's horrible. And so I went back to sleep again. Same thing. The trees. I'm, I'm not telling you things that are not true. The trees turned into monsters and, and, and had faces on them and eyes and mouths. And they were just, I could tell they were evil, demonic spirits. And so all of a sudden, I, I thought, I need, to, I need to get out of my I went and had a little bathroom. I got up and went to the little bathroom. When I did, when I got in there, all of a sudden, the room began to spin around, just going around in circles. And when I came out, I fell, thank God, face first onto that mattress. And on that mattress, I laid. And all of a sudden, now please, I don't, I don't want to gross you out, so I'm going to be very careful how I word this, okay? They're all asleep. They know nothing's going on. I'm laying there, and all of a sudden, I begin to heave like I had never heaved before in all of my life. It just spewed out of my mouth. And, and then the second time, the same thing. And then the guy that was, with, that was our guide that I took with us, he, he really watched after me. He, he, I was his pastor. He really looked after me. And he woke up and turned the light on and said, Pastor Jordan is, is, is sick. 
and they all got up, and I'm, he even, like, I've never seen, they got big towels, I mean huge towels, not little, big, huge towels, and I would fill the towels up, and I'm there, and all of a sudden, I, I, I knew this was, I knew it was of, of the devil, but I, I thought I was dying. In fact, I'm going to tell you what, folks. I was dying. I, I know I was. You can't convince me otherwise. And I, I said to, to the Lord, Lord, don't, uh, don't, if you're going to let me die, don't let me die on a foreign, in, on, in a foreign land. I don't want to die in a foreign land. I remember saying that. This is as real tonight as it was then. And the first person I called on, Pastor Bill, the first person I called on was my mother. I said, Mom, help me. But I thought, I, well, I can't call my mother. My, my mother's not here. She's going to be with the Lord years ago, 20 years ago. And, and so all of a sudden, I began to, an old song came to me. And, and as, it, as it began to come, I said, Lord, wake my wife up. Wake my wife up and, and, and let her pray. Wake my wife up. I remember praying then. And then all of a sudden, uh, an old song came to me and, and said, uh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, demons will have to flee. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. I, be, I didn't sing it, but it was, it was singing inside of me, inside of me. And you may remember me telling this, some of you. Inside of me, it began to sing. And, and every time I'd hear that song and those words, I could feel people around me, not not the ones that were with me, but I could feel like like angelic beings or some sort lifting me up and it lift me up real close, you know, and then all of a sudden I drop all the way back down again and I thought, oh God, I'm I'm, I'm dying, Lord. But I want to stop here and tell you. I, I wasn't I was surprised. I wasn't afraid. There was no fear. I can honestly say that. There was a peace that I'd never felt in all my life that came over me. Just, just, it was just, I don't know. My Lord, I don't want to go to the next load. But anyhow, there was a peace that came over me, and I wasn't afraid. I wasn't repenting. I wasn't talking about anything I'd done. It's just, there was just a peace. And I could feel these spirits, the good spirits of the Lord. They would lift me up. And then when I'd get lifted up singing that song, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'd fall back down again. Until finally, they took me out of there, and they placed me in, in into the um, automobile that we had, a van, whatever it was. I think it was a van. And I got in there with the air condition, and I was sick uh, all the way home. And when I got home, my daughter-in-law, Stacy, came over at 12 o'clock that night, and all I could do was cry. And she said, we need to take him to the hospital. And they took me to the Orange Park Hospital. And I stayed about six, eight hours because I was suffering from dehydration, exhaustion mentally, physically, spiritually, everything else. But I know that was an attack from the enemy. I still say that woman on that street had something to do with it. I don't know what. I'm not giving the, Lord, the devil any glory. I'm just telling you, folks, these things are real and they do attack you. That's why when people that's why when people go to another country, you know, it's really need to start doing it here. 
But they go to another country, they say, pray for us while we're gone. You better pray for them because there's demons there that maybe not, don't exist over here. They're a different type, I guess. I have no idea. But all I know was it was real. But the Lord delivered me from that. And, of course, when I got home, my wife, they had called all over the country, people praying for me. And my wife asked, what time did this happen? And I told her the time. She looked at the time. Do you believe? Do you believe that God woke her up while I was praying that? God woke her up, and she got down and started praying for me and contacted other people, and they were praying for me. And that's why the Lord is a deliverer. Amen. But, but folks, their spirits, but the Lord said, I, I give you authority over all of them. We win. I told you at the beginning of last week, we win. Read the back of the book. We win. We win. We're going to have battles. We're going to have fights. We're going to get knocked down. We're going to get stomped on. We're going to get kicked around. You say, well, that's not going to happen to me. Then I'm going to tell you why. You haven't been walking with the Lord very long then. Amen. I'm going to tell you what. He'll kick the living daylights out of you. Pardon the expression. Colloquialism. Whatever you want to call it. He'll kick you. He doesn't care to kick you around, to knock you down. He doesn't care about your children, your grandchildren. He doesn't care about your wife or your husband or your mother or your dad. He doesn't care about any of them. He cares about himself. He's a liar, a deceiver, the father of liars, as we learned last week. And he knows how to attack people. All we have to do is command them to come out. I want to finish with one other one that is true. I just now noticed that bottle of water up there. Six thousand people or more. And uh, we still call him Danny Lee. <laughs> and I said, you remember when you come to preach for me and you was up on the platform, the church is packed, and you got up off the piano, went all the way through the church, all to the back, got a drink of water and come back and said, if you folk can get up in the middle of my sermon and go get a drink of water, I can get up in the middle of whatever I'm doing to get a drink of water. Isn't it amazing? But years ago, now, I may have shared part of this also. If so, it'd be good for you. It kind of illustrates what we're talking about. Demons. Devil. I flipped Wilson. The devil made me do it. God, God tempts no man. And don't blame it on the devil. The Bible says we're drawn away of our own lust. Not the devil. But anyhow, one night, I was the associate pastor. And I was on call. And it was, and I'm always in the building. Why don't people get sick and all this stuff in the daytime? It's always at 2 o'clock in the morning. So I get a call at 2 o'clock in the morning. I think Paul was a little boy. Jonathan, Jonathan was born also. And I got a call at 2 o'clock in the morning and said, Brother Jordan, you need to come down here. 
Cleese is down here, and Wayne is in the house with a, a knife that's almost as large as a sword. And I'm thinking, why are you calling me? What am I supposed to do? So I got my clothes on that I had laying out. And I went down there, and I pulled up, and the police is there. I got out, and I said, um, I told him who it was. I said, yeah, we've been expecting you. And I said, uh, what is the problem going on? And I said, uh, Wayne, his name was Wayne Ketterman. I said, Wayne is in there, and he has a knife, and it's a real long knife. I didn't care if a long knife or short knife. He had a knife. But he had a knife, and he's threatened to kill everybody. And I said, okay, you know, uh, that's wonderful. Uh, you know, I'm thinking, Lord, what am I supposed to do about this? And so I go up, and his mother was um, his sister, and his grandmother were along at our church, and they were there. He was in their home. So I go in, and I said, uh, <clears throat> what's going on? And they said, well, Wayne, you know, he's back there, and he's got a knife, and we can't get him killed. He's going to kill everybody. Now, Wayne's not a little guy. How come I always get these big guys? Wayne's a big guy. I mean, he's a big, rough, tough guy, rode a motorcycle, all that stuff. And and here, and, and they said, he's got it back there. And I said, okay. So here goes, Lord. So I go back, and uh, I really didn't know Wayne too well. I went back there, and I said, Wayne, open the door. I said, Wayne, what's going on? Another preacher. I said, what do you got in your hand? What's it look like? I said, okay. I said, Wayne, give, give me the knife. And he, he looked at me and I said, Wayne, give me the knife. Guess what? He walked over and gave me the knife. I walked over and I said to them, I told the police, I said, I got the knife. He, he's okay. Well, we're going. We're not going to fool with it anymore. They took off. Didn't do a thing. Just left him there. Now, Wayne's a big old rough, tough-looking guy. I'm hurrying along here. I know it's two minutes after eight. So you know how to look. Wayne's big, rough, tough-looking guy rides a motorcycle tough. And uh, he pulls his shirt up, and he has a scar from about here around to here. And I said, what happened there? He said, I was in a fight out in, I don't know, Arizona or somewhere. And he said, um, we all got in a fight, and they cut me with a knife, and I was bleeding, and my... Insides was falling out, and he said, I said, well, what did you do? He said, well, he, I'm, I'm telling you so you can understand what he told me. And he said, I went, we, were, we went up to a graveyard, and he said, I got on, a, I laid down on a grave, and I prayed, uh, I, I looked for a fresh dead grave. He said, I laid down on that grave, and I prayed to whatever spirit was in that grave would come and get into me. He said, I swear to you, when I got up off the grave, time I got down to the bottom of the hill, I had quit bleeding. All I did was put a bandage on it, and it healed up. And he said, whatever that spirit was, it came into me. And I'm thinking, oh, this is wonderful. And he says, don't you believe me, preacher? I said, yeah, Wayne, I believe you. Yeah, I believe you. I mean, he, he was telling me all the things they were doing and getting involved in and doing this and that. And he said, I'm going to show you, preacher. I'm going, you want to see a, de- you want to see a demon? I'm thinking, I'm looking at one now, but uh, he, what do you mean? He said, I'm going to show you a demon. Now, the Lord be my helper. Okay? 
truth, some of you may have heard this before. He said, I want you to come in here. He took a piece of chalk that had, um, what is that, linoleum on the floor. He drew a big circle and he drew a, what is it, a pentagram in the middle of it. He said, now sit down. I sat down. Two other people were sitting there and he sat down over there. He said, now what I'm going to do, priest, he said, I am going to, I'm thinking, uh, why am I doing this? You know, and I'm, I'm, I sit down, because yeah, I'm not afraid of demons. I wasn't afraid. I sat down there, and he said, now, I'm going to turn the light out. And when I do, I'm going to burn, I'm, I'm going to burn a, a, a demon up. I said, you know what? He said, I'm going to show you a demon. I'm, I'm going to set it on fire. Okay, it's going to be interesting. I didn't tell him that, but I'm thinking it. You know, what in the world have I got into here? I was down there. He reached up and flipped the light on, off. It's dark. And he starts, first thing he does, he takes a, a match and he lights it and something flames up. He says, I just burned a demon out. I'm thinking, I don't quite believe this part, but, you know, I mean, that's what he said, so I'm, I'm watching, you know, and uh, it, it could be anything. But all of a sudden, he said, now I'm going to show you something else. He said, you see what I drew on? I said, yeah, I know what that is. He said, I'm going to raise it off the floor. He took his hand, and he began to pray some kind of prayer. I don't know what it was. I don't really want to know. He began to pray. This wasn't a trick. This was not a magician. This wasn't something played. He began to pray. And those, that chalk, right before my eyes, and God knows I wasn't hallucinating, right before my eyes, that chalk and that circle began to come up off of that floor. And as it began to raise up, I thought, something in me says, I've had enough of this. When he did that and that chalk come up off that floor, I stepped inside of that circle, reached over, turned that light, and I said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I cast you out in the name of Jesus. You are delivered and set free by the name of Jesus Christ. He was delivered instantly. The next night, he came to church. He came all the way down to the altar, repented, was filled with the Holy Ghost. He was baptized. He's still in the church today playing a guitar. Now, you say, well, look how long ago that was. Do you think that, has God changed? No. Do you think the devil's changed? He's just got better at what he does. He's pulling the, the, the blinders over people's eyes. The Bible says in the last days these things are going to happen. You know, He's going to lead you out. He'll try to pull you out of the truth. He'll try to pull you out of the Word of God. He'll try to pull you and manipulate you into things that you don't need to be into. And none of us are exempt from it. The thing that keeps us from it is the scripture we quote, greater is he that is within me than he that is in this world. If it wasn't for the Lord, folk, where would I be? Where would you be? 
You may be out on the street. Now, I'm going to tell you a few things you may not agree with in close. I said that several times, haven't I? That's because I want to protect myself. <laughs> Drugs are from the enemy. Now, I'm not talking about medicine that's prescribed, that's used properly. I want you to know that prescription drugs can become as possessive as cocaine on the street. Did you know that? Absolutely. Now, don't go home to all your medicine now. I'm telling you, you have to be careful. You'll get strung out. We have loved ones in our family that are strung out on prescription drugs. Born again Christians strung out on prescription drugs. Are they possessed? No. But they're oppressed, depressed, whatever kind of pressed you want they got. They don't even think right. So there's lots of things that are demonic spirits that will get a hold of you. That's just one. To entice you to do that. Man. I'm just, I'm not going to just linger on. I'm going to quit right away now. Would you stand with me? Now, I want you to 